Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse the Plan is here. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. I got a wonderful sermon today, and this is part one of what does it mean to love God? Are you ready to increase your love for God? When you do that, your life will increase in every way, spiritually, physically, financially, every way. Because when you love God, see, it's more than just saying it. Love is action. Think about that. See, I mean, you don't have to hear somebody say, I love you. You see somebody hugging somebody. You see love right there. So call a friend, tell them to turn that television on, get some pencil and paper, take some notes, because you're going to learn some wonderful things today on how to love God and what does it mean to love God. Watch now. The book of Matthew, chapter 22, and I want to start reading with verse 34. I want to talk about the love of God this morning. What does it mean to love God? You know, a lot of people just say that. They kind of say it off. It rolls off their tongue, but they don't understand the definition of what they're saying. What does it mean to love God? You see, I mean, is he first? Second, seek ye first. You know, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things be added to you. But you can't get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh until you seek ye first. You see, and, and to understand and know God and to understand Christianity the way it should be, and the way it is, is to really understand what it means to love the Lord. Now, Jesus, you know, there's always some lawyer trying to talk to you. I've learned something. I never thought I needed so many lawyers. My Lord, you know, when you have a global ministry, I mean, I got Washington, D.C. lawyers for constitutional things. I got Destrahan lawyers. I got Baton Rouge lawyers, Lord Jesus. I got tax attorneys. I got Indiana lawyers. I mean, Jesus, I'm the one who should say one call. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that should say that. I got so many of them, my Lord, you know, doing the different business of the kingdom. Jesus was standing there, and um, here comes a lawyer in Matthew chapter 22. I like the old King James Version. Verse 20, uh, 34, and he was talking about something. He said this, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Well, you know, anybody that's sad, you see, ought to be put to silence. <laughs> They're a bunch of Sadducees. You know, hallelujah. You got to say something about Jesus. You know, he ate with sinners, with sinners and Republicans. I mean, publicans. You know, he was a lot of the, that's a joke. Help me out here, will you please? Praise the Lord. He didn't eat with the Democrat. No, no, I'm just talking about that. No, he did. Praise the Lord. Let me read that again. Verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him. And say, just trying to get something on Jesus, you know. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37 is where I want to get to. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Another gospel says, and strength. Now, Jesus understood that perfectly because he quoted that twice a day as a Jewish boy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. That is, if you're Jewish, you quote that twice a day. It's all over the book of Deuteronomy. I shall love the Lord the God with all the heart, soul, mind, the whole thing. So Jesus understood it. You see, it wasn't a commandment. It was the commandment. Not just a commandment. He took the Decalogue of Moses and actually put it all in that one simple commandment. Not a commandment, but the commandment. Now notice what he said in verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened, likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law 
and the prophets. Another, everything in the Jewish dispensation hangs on those two. So love must be pretty important. And he said the greatest commandment, not a commandment, the commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. I want to I, I talk about doing a little teaching. I want you to write this thing. I'm going to try to slow down as much as I possibly can. I just get excited about the word. Try to the message, what does it mean to love God? Write this down. We must love him with the whole force of our deepest conviction. We must love him with the whole force of our deepest conviction and our highest self. In other words, nothing should be in front of that to love God. This is more than religion, ladies and gentlemen. This is relationship and fellowship. We must love him with the whole force of our deepest conviction and our highest self. Let me show you why I came back to the South Louisiana. Many of you know I was a rock entertainer and me and Kathy started our lives. I got married, I got married at Holy Rosary Catholic Church and three days later, I was in Arlington, Dallas, the Dallas, Arlington, Dallas, Fort Worth area, starting my career in, in the rock world. When I got born again in Boston, Massachusetts in 1974, I thought I would go back to Fort Worth. I thought I'd go back to, or not, well, actually Dallas, Arlington area, where me and Kathy got, because so, I love Texas, I really do, I, I, I enjoy Texas. And the Lord uh, you know, told me, directed me to come back to where I was born and raised, here. I was born in, in, in uh, uh, Algiers, Louisiana, at Dr. LaRocca's Hospital on July the 9th, 1949, at 12.05. Mama said I was hungry been hungry ever since. Praise God. You see what I'm saying? And so I came and I'm, so I'm a West Bank boy, you know, and my, my mother and father lived on the West Bank of New Orleans. And then uh, God moved us to Homer, Louisiana. So I would meet Kathy. So she would have a great life. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I just thought I'd help you out there, Kathy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and anyway, to make a long story short, when I got born again, music was all I ever done. I can play all these instruments that are up here. I can play them. I did it professionally. I made tons of money doing that. And, I, and, and, I, and a lot of people say I'm a pretty good musician. Well, I don't know about that. But I'll just say this. That's what I did for a living. Now, God did not tell me to get out of the music business. He didn't at all. Now, Pentecostals would say it in a second. Baptists would say it in a second. Maybe the Catholics wouldn't, depending if they liked your music or not. But if you weren't too good, you need to get out, you know, that kind of stuff. What the Lord asked me was this, and it had to do with love. Let me read my point for it. We must love him with the whole force of our deepest conviction and our highest self. Now, you got to understand that at that time, I never even used the word love at all. Kathy would say, I love you. And I'd say, me too. I didn't want to talk about that. And he asked me the question, do you love that more than you love me? That was the question. And I thought about that and I said, you know, I got to think about that. You know, I was just a brand newborn, newborn baby Christian. My God, I had on them newborn pampers. You know what I'm saying? My God, I barely saved no more than five days or less. And uh, I was thinking about that because I got to thinking, well, you know, why do I have to quit my job? You know, they got people at work, uh, you know, for Exxon and they work for all, all kind of other people. And sometimes these companies do bad things, but they don't quit their job when they get saved. Why do I have to quit my job? 
I mean, I don't come and make them drink and run around. Or all stuff. I'll just play the music, which I love doing, and take my money and I'll go home, which was tons of it. But he asked the question, do you love that more than you love me? It was a simple question, yet it was profound. And I had to go as far into my conviction as I possibly could. It took me about a week. I really meditated on that because music was, I've been playing music since I'm six years old. You know, I got a guitar and I, you know, I just wanted to play. And I used it to get out of poverty. I thought, man, I'm getting out of this poverty hole because I had a talent. And I thought, man, people would throw money at me. I would play on the streets of New Orleans. You know, I'd sit up and play my guitar and they'd throw $15, $20. Man, that was a lot of money in 1959. I was 10 years old. But boy, I mean, I said, hey, this is great, man. <laughs> I'm going to make some money on that. But he asked that wonderful question, do you love that more than you love me? And I came to myself in my deepest conviction in my higher self, and I said, no, I don't, Lord. I love you more. And I don't know what that means. I have no concept of what I'm saying now, but I will do what you say. And I walked out, and I came to New Orleans, Louisiana, or actually back to New Orleans, and, uh, and then we went to Homa and then moved back here to New Orleans. So we must love him with the whole force of our deepest conviction and our highest self. You see, write this down. The more you love God, the more you know God. See, the more you love God, the more you know God. See, most people love their religion. He didn't come to give us a religion. He came to give us a relationship and a fellowship with himself. There was enough religion in the world. You've heard me say it many times. Religion is a theological wilderness. It's a garden of weeds. It entangles you. You see, but the love of God sets you free. Because, I mean, my God, the more you love God, the more you know God, see? And the more you know him, you love him. It's the same thing with your marriage. The more you know your husband, the more you should love him. Oh, you don't know my husband. Oh, you don't know my wife. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to knock your socks on. I've said it to many, many people. There ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with your crazy husband. Ain't nothing with your crazy wife. Ain't nothing wrong with any of you. It's the devil causing that mess. You know, you're accusing each other, and he's the accuser of the brethren. See, it has nothing to do with you. I mean, God made you right. Made you perfect. You see what I'm saying? He says you're not. But why would you listen to him who's been thrown out? See, so, I mean, a lot of times when Kathy gets mad at me, I said, there's nothing wrong with me. You're looking at a perfect man. Woman, talk to the devil. And that's not me. Let me get out the way. And vice versa. Because there's nothing wrong with any of us. We've been washed in the blood, spin dried in the glory. <laughs> Holla, do you see that? It's not us. It's not you. See, you got Christ in you. Even when you're mad. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, that's the love of God. So the more you love God, the more you know God. That's so true. The longer I'm married to Kathy, the more I'm closer to her. Now, she was super nice when I first married her. Actually, she was very naive, which I loved. Anything I said, she would do it. It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And then something changed. <laughs> she said, I'm not that dumb, stupid girl you married all those years ago. I said, I miss her. I liked her a lot. Kathy said, she's dead and she ain't coming back. I said, okay. 
So we went through a little uh, time of transition and adjustment. I mean, I used to say, I'm hungry. Oh, she'd jump up and go get something. But now if I say, hey, can you get me something to eat? Your legs broke? You need healing? I believe in healing. I pray for your legs. Well, now it was so happening. It's starting to go back the other way. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, she said, can I get you something? I said, Lord Jesus. That's a wonderful thing. Don't you think? <laughs> and vice versa. She said, would you fill my cup of coffee? I wouldn't have filled that woman's cup of coffee up because I thought that was weakness. It's not stupid I was. This is when I was young. But now I said, I start, and I filled it and she, she drank the whole pot. I said, my God, you can run, you can do a marathon drinking this whole pot of coffee. Woo! She was loaded up with the coffee. She liked that coffee. See, the more you love God, the more you know him. Write this down. An absorbing love, see, love absorbs. An, an absorbing love pervades the whole being and sets every power within us in motion. See, when you absorb the love of God, it puts you in motion. Let me say it again. An absorbing love pervades the whole being and sets every power that you have, every power, within us in motion. It's going to move you. Love will move you. But love is its own, it's on its own. Love controls itself. Let me say it again. It's absorbing. An absorbing power. An absorbing love pervades the whole being and sets every power within us in motion. I mean, it'll move you from mad to glad. Think about that. I mean, in, in a split second, it'll make you smile when you're hurting. You may be having a bad day and go to the Cheesecake Factory or P.F. Chang's or wherever you go eat at, I don't know, the Boulevard or whatever, all that kind of, and a child smiles at you. Whoo! And you don't even know the child. You're not even related to the child. Boom! That just innocence, that purity, that love. It picks you up. It moves you in motion. Amen. Think about that. That's what it means to love God. He'll move you in motion. Let me say it again. Some of you are writing it down. An absorbing love pervades the whole being and sets every power within us in motion. Why does it do that? Because it has a foundation. Love is the foundation and the test of character. Write it down. Love is the foundation and the test of character. Why? Because it's supreme. It's abiding and it's operative. I'm teaching you this morning. Love is the foundation and the test of character because it's supreme. It's abiding and it's operative. Love works later. The Bible said above all things, love. Why? Because God is, not will be. Maybe so, I don't know. No, love. I was telling a uh, <laughs> Wendy and I call uh, my HR girl pretty girl I don't even know her name half the time I just call her pretty girl make a long story short I told her I said I'm thinking and considering about maybe hiring someone else I got, a, I got an application I'm praying about it see what we're going to do uh, because I want to do everything on our plane in the city of New Orleans I, I want all the, the uh, maintenance thing I want everything done here I like that you know what I'm saying and, uh, 
And I love what Wendy says. She said, well, you the boss. I thought, praise the Lord. I said, Wendy, tell your aunt that. Tell your, your Aunt Kathy that, that I'm the boss. She said, you know, she's blood. Which meant, I'm not an in-law, I'm an outlaw. <laughs> I just married the good person. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it works. You see what I'm saying? Well, you, that's why you do not mess with God's kids. He said it'd be better that a millstone tied around your neck and throw it in the ocean, buddy, than you mess with one of God's children. And you don't mess with a woman, you don't mess with no mama grizzly. She's going to kill you. See? I mean, I'm, let me tell you something. I mean, you can't say something about uh, uh, the people's children. Someone lost an election the other day because of that. You know, they will teach your children what to do. You don't mess with mama bear. What? You're going to tell my kid? Let me tell you, I'm the parent of that child. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, you better watch yourself. Because now you, you, you're stepping on holy ground there. You see what I'm saying? So love is the foundation and the test of character. Do you love the Lord? Because it's supreme, it's abiding, and it's operative. I had a preacher one time ask me, you know, I'm so amazed. You've been preaching a long time that you hadn't committed adultery. I said, what did you say? And you know how many ministers committed? All kind of crazy. I said, you done lost your ever-loving mind. You see, the love of God was not in him. He, it was not supreme. It was not abiding. It was not operative. You see what I'm saying? He didn't have much character. He was a character. You see what I'm saying? You got to be, you know, you understand what I'm saying? He didn't care about casting a reflection upon Jesus instead of being a reflection of Jesus. You see, love is the foundation and the test of character because it's supreme, it's abiding, and it's operative. That's when Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment, not a commandment, the greatest commandment. Everything hangs on that in the Jewish dispensation. Also, you go into the New Testament, it's the same way too. I mean, you look at the gifts of spirit. I mean, it's amazing what love does. Do you see what I'm saying? Write this down. Love doesn't spring up at the summons of an another. Love doesn't spring up at the summons of another. Somebody's just like, uh-uh. You know why? Love has an independence of its own. Love is very independent. Love doesn't spring up at the summons of, uh, of another or another person. Love has an independence of its own. You can't make somebody love you. You can't. Think about that. Maybe you really liked a girl, or you really liked her. Woo, gee, but she, it just wasn't clicking. Why? Because love is independent. See what I'm saying? Boy, I tell you one thing. Who, if I could just get, you know, and not that she wouldn't be your friend, but that's as far as it's going. It ain't going to happen. Why? Because it's independent. You can't summon it. You see, love doesn't spring up at the summons of another. Love has an independence of its own. See, when you love something, people will know it. If you love your car, you drive around even when you shouldn't be driving. So people can look at it. I, we went to eat at the, a Copeland's yesterday for lunch. And you know, I don't notice sport cars that much, but there was a beautiful fire engine red Corvette in the back of it. I said, good God, it must be the, the newest model or something. I said, look how beautiful that car is. So I'm thinking it'd be some cool guy. And they were pulling. I couldn't, I didn't see who was driving. It was backing it up. I thought, man, let me look at the front of that. So I waited till they backed up. And it was a grandma about 80 years old driving. <laughs> I went, good. And she went like this. <laughs> Gave me that look like, what? 
I can't love this. I wanted, I wanted to put the window down and say, get down with your bad self there, Momo. <laughs> See, love is independent. It really is. Love doesn't spring up at the summons. Hey, you got to love me. Uh-uh. It's independent. And will be independent all the days of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, loving God with your whole heart, all your soul, and all your mind means life. And that love is the foundation and the test of character. It really is. Remember, it's not a commandment. It's the commandment. You love the Lord God Almighty. Jesus even quoted it twice a day. Think about it. You love the Lord God because it means something. See, you're reaching out to God and God is reaching out to you. That's what Kathy loves that when I tell her I love her. She's, and I like it when she says she loves me. Imagine how much God loves it when you say, Father, I just love you. I just praise you. I just magnify you. I glorify you. See, loving God without measure is about relationship and fellowship. Some people have a relationship with God. I have a fellowship with God. See, I, I wanted more than being born again. I wanted this. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. I like conversation. Instead of just prayer, because when you're praying, you know, you're asking God for stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But I like to say, say hey, Jesus, I need to talk here. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what's happening? And it's just such a blessing of the Lord. You see, the more you know God, the more you love God. We serve a God you can talk to. I, I remember I wrote a book many years ago, wanting a God I could talk to, because I wasn't allowed to, uh, you know, to talk to God. You know, raised Catholic, and when you raise Catholic, you talk to the priest. But now my mother and father got born again, and my God, then they started talking to God. But by that time, I was hardened in my heart. I, I didn't understand that. And you know what I'm saying? I thought, man, you can't talk to God. Yeah, boy, mom and daddy did after they got born again, because something happened. The love of God, the peace of God that passed all understanding came in their lives. Ooh, Lord Jesus, isn't that good? Father, in Jesus' name, help people to understand what it means to love you completely, spiritually, physically, every area of our lives, Lord. Let the love of God drip off of us like a waterfall, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Stay right there. Kathy's coming with some great glorious moments. Those are testimonies you sent in because you love God and you love what God did for you. Take it away, Kathy. Welcome to Glorious Moments. I want you to rejoice with me as I read a precious testimony that was sent to us from Oman. It says, you are God's instruments, Jesse and Kathy. You are giving strength to overseas workers like me who are far away from family to work for a living. I really needed to hear God's words that give life. Glory to God for the faith you impart to many people like me who need to hear the word of God. Thank you for your love for Jesus. The joy of the Lord is in you, Jesse. I prayed for the same joy. You know, the Bible is filled with glorious moments that can inspire us to believe God's word and be relentless and experience the miraculous. One of my favorites is the testimony of the woman that was bowed together for 18 years. Luke 13, 12 says, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He laid his, and he laid his hands on her 
The Bible says, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Immediately. You know, one moment she couldn't even lift herself up, and the next she was able to look straight into the eyes of Jesus. That whole place must have erupted in praise because verse 17 says, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. You know, each time we share the testimonies in our magazine, on our website, or our social media posts, or on our television broadcast, it is an opportunity to rejoice for all the glorious things that are being done by our God. With the helpful of help of our wonderful covenant partners, they're so faithful, they help us by helping us to use every available voice to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, and we're so thankful. Because of our wonderful ministry partners, people all over the world are hearing the truth of the gospel and are being set free from sin, sickness, and poverty. Together, we are reaching people and changing lives one soul at a time. God bless you. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. I hope you're enjoying the message today because I sure enjoy preaching it to you. I want to thank all my partners because we love you. Not because you send in financial support. It's because you understand the vision of Jesse the Planet's Ministries. And it's just such a blessing. So partners, I hope me and Kathy say thank you enough because I'm telling you, without you, we could not do this. We have so many projects going on. And people say, you think you'll ever retire? I don't think so. You know why? Because I love God too much. And as long as I got an ounce of energy, I am going to preach this holy gospel. It's because I love him, and it's just that simple. And so, but partners, we couldn't do it without you. Your faithful financial support is so wonderful and so kind. We're reaching people, changing lives one day at a time. We've asked the Lord, you've heard me say it thousands of times, for every dollar sent to this ministry, give me a soul into the kingdom. And we've never had a financial deficit. Why? Because I trust you. You trust me, and we both trust God. It's such a blessing. We're also offering today's message, what does it mean to love God for your September partnership. Think about that. There's more in this message, <clears throat> excuse me, that will truly bless your life. If you want to grow closer to the Lord and find that joy I've been talking about, this entire teaching will help you. How do I get it, Brother Jesse? Just go to jdm.org to get your copy. You'll be blessed. Throat's a little raspy today because I've been preaching a lot. Glory to God. Going at it. Hallelujah. What a blessing of the Lord. Why? Because I just love the Lord. I mean, I'm going to tell you something, people. Many of you have been watching me for years. Have you ever saw me sad, sick, depressed, discouraged, despondent? No. Why? Because of the love of God, man. I mean, it's just so wonderful. I get up every day and I just go, hello, Jesus. And he say, hi, Jesse. It's a blessing of God to, to live like that. As I said earlier, it's not about relationship, even though that's good. It's about fellowship. I'm preaching better than my Lord. I'm preaching myself happy, like we say. I hope you enjoyed it today. And this was only part one. Part two is coming next week. And once again, partners, thank you for being so courteous and kind. We got a $20 million donor coming. God told me that and a $5 million. And we're going to just spend that probably in two days to do these projects that God is calling us to do. Thank you for watching today. We love you. We appreciate you. We pray for you every day. Bye-bye. Life is better when you never learn to doubt. 
In his new book, Jesse will show you how to shut doubt down. You can have more joy, more success, and full peace. I Never Learned to Doubt, now available at JDM.org. We are guilty of spiritual idolatry if we have another rival of God's love. If you love something else greater than God himself, that's spiritual idolatry. That's, that is a fact. Because you see, if anybody, and if they were really were true, people that don't know God would love their creator if they knew he was there, and he is.